welcome to this roundup regardless of industry digital transformation is underway across many enterprises the reason is today the survival security and sustainability of enterprises across industries depends on digital technologies digital strategy and digital transformation while the digital approach helps bring intelligence to create new opportunities they also give us an ability to visualize new way of doing things it is this ability to adapt quickly to the transformative changes brought on by digital technologies that emerges as a vital necessity and capability for digital transformation with the digital transformation becoming the ultimate challenge of a digital age transitioning to space age it impacts not only the current industry structures and the strategic positioning but all levels of an entity every task every activity process model and its extended supply chain and ecosystem to discuss how industries are approaching digital transformation further i'm delighted to welcome naresh soni to this round naresh is the chief technology officer at tsunami he is also a board director at cna polis an ai software company he is a member of the forbes technology council and is based in the united states welcome naresh we are honored to have you on this round up thank you uh, happy to be here wonderful naresh so irrespective of which emerging technology the strength of digital technologies stems from how enterprises integrate them to transform their businesses and how they work so looking at the ongoing technology transformation across industries can you explain how these digital technologies are transforming industries any industry from automotive telecom industrial energy healthcare to aerospace industries yeah so uh, what we see is uh, that uh, you know transformation is happening in across uh, different industry verticals i see that in automotive in energy in utilities in uh, uh, aerospace depends uh, i think across the sectors and this transformation is happening from end to end that is uh, from manufacturing supply chain management uh, design and uh, product development so this is happening all across the board and um, i think uh, there are quite a few benefits of uh, dig- digitizing this uh, uh, these areas and uh, i think uh, there are great uh, deal of uh, cost savings and efficiencies can be extracted from these digitization yes absolutely so i mean when you say end to end transformation is happening which technologies they are using for end to end transformation is it i mean when digital transformation is you know there are many different versions of it the most basic that we all have achieved before uh, in the past is you know get rid of the paper and that digitization has happened but the digital transformation we are talking about now are, are much more complex because of the advances in emerging technologies so what is the nature of the digital transformation that you see when you say the end to end transformation so the end to end transformation is happening from uh, you know like i said product development uh, to uh, product release uh, product development for example is uh, happening where uh, uh, the, the design uh, person uh, develops product using digital techniques like cad cam and also uh, releases uh, drawings in digital formats and then uh what happens is uh, once that uh, format is released uh they uh, for example if you want to do uh, modeling in case of automotive you can model all that before you develop a prototype so you can in certain cases you can eliminate the prototyping stage and you can uh, reduce the uh, time it takes to you go to volume in a case of manufacturing once you release that drawing goes to the manufacturing floor and there are certain uh, specific uh, uh, you know uh, configurations required for these manufacturing technologies so it go, uh, gets hand, handed off to advanced manufacturing where they develop a digital model of the manufacturing line and this digital model is simulated in, in a uh, digital way where the uh, assembly and testing of uh, a given prototype is done in this advanced manufacturing uh, digital uh, technology and then uh, you know it gets released across the globe uh, these are all global companies uh, 
to various uh, manufacturing facilities and uh, that uh, you know optimizes the uh, time to volume for these digitization now uh, plugged into this is also uh, supply chain management so what happens is depending on uh, um, you know the uh, the requirements for these technologies the yields the efficiencies the uh, the parts that are used uh, they they plug into the supply chain management and also to their suppliers and uh, you know all the communication happens uh, digitally to their suppliers so let's say uh, you know there is a yield issue in manufacturing uh, the appropriate uh, drawings are generated digitally sent to their suppliers and then the bidding also happens from their suppliers so also you can simulate which suppliers are having issues with sending uh, certain parts and uh, you can then optimize the mix of uh, these parts that are used for uh, manufacturing so uh, and then uh, the uh, dealership or uh, the uh, the final product delivery happens also in a digital way uh, so uh, you know uh, the type of packaging the amount of uh, let's say it's a consumer product uh, or a drug or something like that so amount uh, the type of packaging the pricing the um, the uh, you know amount uh, that goes into that package all that is, uh, you know, all that data is collected and researched. And uh, using AI algorithm, you can figure out which package, which region will uh, do well. Yes, that intelligence. There are several, several uh, benefits of all this. And then, uh, you know, what, uh, what uh, I see is what happens is, let's say, you have a manufacturing process and, uh, you know, some of the processes takes, uh, you know, let's say 30 days or more than 30 days. So from uh, uh, from start to finish, uh, you don't know what your yields are going to be. So here, what you can do is using uh, digital uh, technologies, you can capture, create a model. And creating that model, you can have certain variables that you can do what if analysis and see uh, and model what your yields are going to look like. And then you can have appropriate mix of supplies, appropriate specifications of the ingredients that goes into that uh, uh, manufacturing mix, and then, uh, you know, uh, optimize for yields. Yes, no, I, I, I hear you all the, you know, cases that you just described. The first one that you talked about, the digital manufacturing. So are, are the industries using now digital additive manufacturing and 3D printing so that they can uh, send that uh, program in digital format to all their, you know, uh, companies, you know, that are, you know, or subsidiaries that are uh, overseas. And so everybody has the same uh, formula and everybody can uh, produce the same way and then this uh, second is you know that you talked about the uh, the second example that you gave was about uh, the 5g and the internet tagging the supplies probably so uh, is the internet of things and the tagging capabilities is it widespread now you know to get the all the things on the I'm not sure if they are still using blockchain or uh, uh, how they're using it. it's just the internet of things, but is it still, is it getting widespread from your assessment, internet of things and digital additive manufacturing, the AI, we all know that it's getting widely used right now, but uh, internet of things, is it that widespread, you know, in the use in applications? Uh, yeah. So internet of things is uh, getting, uh, getting, uh, I would say being deployed uh, as we speak on, not each industry is equipped with uh, IoT. Uh, they are still in deployment phase and uh, still in digitization phase. But uh, what I have seen is some of the advanced uh, uh, labs within their organization is already modeling this. Uh, they are showing the benefits. Uh, you know, I've seen this. Uh, for example, they can um, you know streamline their whole process. So uh, a part grows from one station to another station, and there's a buffer between the two, uh, two stations. They can optimize that buffer, and they can also see where the bottlenecks are. And uh, I mean, this is one example, uh, but they can see where the bottlenecks are. And also, they can, uh, uh, using uh, predictive uh, analytics, they can see 
which machines uh, will give what kind of efficiency and uh, if they are prone to failures. So if there is any going to be any stoppage in line, so you can do predictive maintenance. So yeah, so definitely Internet of Things is still, I would say in deployment phase, it's still not, uh, I would say widely adopted yet. Yes, and that the, one of the reasons could be because the 5G is not widely deployed yet. So uh, that may be one of the reasons that uh, IoT ecosystem is still not very active. But when we see a lot of... Interject here, uh, I don't think, uh, you know, IoT depends on 5G so much. I mean, there are certain uh, uh, use cases that would depend on 5G. And if you look at uh, uh, these factory flows, uh, one of the issue is the business model with 5G. You have to pay to the providers recurring revenue. So uh, there are other uh, connectivity methods, like uh, such as Wi-Fi, such as Z-Wave. There are so many other methods for connectivity depending on the bandwidth you need that uh, you can uh, still do with uh, the existing technology and like i said 5g is still not uh, deployed here in us it's still being deployed in other parts of the world like china and uh, japan and other places and korea so i would say uh, i think in 5g is very much uh, useful for uh, you know, automotive industry, because the amount of data that will be uh, that needs to be uh, collected is very significant, and it has to happen fast because this has to, uh, the decision needs to be made by the driver and the um, uh, provider in in real time. So that is that is where I would say uh, 5G can be used, and 5G can be used in robotic, uh, real time robotic. Uh, Let's say, uh, example is robotic surgeries or robotic uh, process processes. But yeah, so that's that's yeah. where uh, I would say five G would be very useful. No, that makes sense. I mean, uh, you are right. The automotive industry would benefit greatly because of the large amounts of data and also the surgeries that you just talked about. Because those both the industries will benefit tremendously from five G because of the. Uh, speed and large amounts of data that would need to be transferred. But uh, so you think that uh, for the rest of the industries, the IoT systems would work just fine by the 4G and whatever the current infrastructure is there, you know, at at the moment? Um, uh, I would say yes and no. Uh, It depends on the use cases. Uh, Let's say if you are trying to do based on computer vision, your manufacturing processes are based on computer vision, then you need a lot of bandwidth. And uh, if, if uh, you know, if you cannot provide a lot of bandwidth, what happens is uh, you need to have a wired connection. So what uh, some of the, uh, you know, industry verticals are doing is uh, they are, uh, you know, uh, uh, deploying edge computing. And, uh, you know, whatever, uh, within their fractive floor, they do a certain level of analytics at the edge and then, uh, or computing and processing at the edge and then, uh, you know, send the data to the cloud for further uh, processing and using, uh, let's say, if they need to use deep learning and, and AI technologies and things like that. And also for their data storage needs, uh, they would use, uh, you know, uh, uh, core cloud, uh, public cloud. So that's what is happening. But uh, existing uh, technologies, uh, you know, if you're delivering a very high definition video like 4K video and things like that, I think it's going to be very difficult without 5G. Yes, yes, I agree with you on that. Now, all these uh, transformation changes that we are seeing, uh, one, what is driving those changes? Is it just because the technology is available that uh, in this businesses across think, uh, are trying to transform or is it the user behavior that is changing? For example, if we see healthcare industry, then the user behavior is shifting rapidly and that is forcing the healthcare industry to, you know, transform with that uh, user behavior because they don't have a choice. But do you see that kind of uh, external push coming for for the industries to transform? Because, you know, the users, consumers, citizens, they are changing rapidly. Their expectations are changing. So I think uh, what is driving uh, digitization is, uh, number one, I would say, uh, productivity. Because any CEO looks at uh, these technologies and they want to see, uh, you know, ROI. 
based on investment they make. And uh, that is what is, uh, so productivity, efficiency, and also, uh, you know, right type of product mix that they want. And, uh, you know, so that helps them grow their sales. So, uh, you know, for example, in healthcare, I think one of the area that is uh, helping, uh, you know, cure certain diseases is precision medicine. And uh, with, with uh, digitization, uh, you know, of uh, all the, the symptoms and all the analysis that is being done, I think can be solved with precision medicine. So medicine, you know, basically uh, serving to your needs and to your conditions. So uh, same thing is happening in case of products. Uh, what, uh, you know, CEOs want to do is they want to, uh, to develop products that will, you know, cater to uh, consumers' uh, needs uh, or enterprise needs. And uh, that's where I think uh, this is uh, being driven. And also, like I said, I think uh, uh, productivity is important because right now in this environment, it's uh, very difficult to hire uh, people. And um, uh, one area that I see uh, very prevalent is uh, in aerospace industries. You know, the rate at which the workforce is retiring, they are not able to hire enough people to come in to the workforce. And, uh, you know, for them to be trained, and same thing is happening in defense. So they need to be trained and how rapidly they can train using some of the digital uh, te and immersive technologies is very important. So that's where I see a great need for digital transformation. Yes, well, I agree with you on that. Now, digital technologies, as we know, are contested commonly, and everyone has access to it. So it's not like, you know, this uh, IoT or AI or uh, blockchain that it's uh, exclusive to only certain organizations or certain countries. It is not like that. Everyone has access. So for any enterprise to get ahead of their competitors using any of these emerging technologies that everyone has access to, it doesn't allow them any inherent advantage because everybody has that, you know, those technologies. So how do you see enterprises differentiating and getting competitive advantage using the, you know, same technologies that everyone has access to? Yeah, so if you look at, uh, you know, uh, products uh, that uh, these, uh, enterprises are creating, uh, they have to be innovative uh, in the first place. So I think uh, their R&D has to definitely work harder. And uh, also, uh, like I said, I think there are certain areas. So I think you, you still have to invest in R&D. Uh, I don't think uh, that takes away the R&D uh, investment away or makes it more efficient. I think what digital technologies helps you, and you know, a lot of people are thinking in terms of AI will replace humans. I don't see that anytime in, in future. I've started with AI back in the 80s. I was at IBM and we used AI. IBM was very much a data-driven company, right? We, we used to make decisions based on facts, we used to call it, and facts was uh, data. So what I would say is that, you know, I think you don't take innovation away. It's just the processes and the way you interact with your consumer base and you uh, define your products and requirements is uh, you're gaining more efficiencies with this digital technologies. But uh, like I said, your investment in R&D has to, has to be there. For yes, you to be innovative, absolutely. to differentiate. Yes, you are right. R and D investment needs to be there for each and every organization. But I think bigger than the, I mean, R and D is at the center of it. But even in R and D, what problems any enterprise wants to solve for their, you know, customers for their internal operations or efficiency or productivity or cost, you know, savings. That visualization needs to be there. You know, you need to vision what problems we can solve using the current technologies that we have. So I think that vision is becoming very important. So it's not like that the technologies have not existed before. So technologies, a lot of most of these technologies were there, you know, for last uh, several years. But you, we are witnessing a sudden, you know, rush into the digital transformation. 
So what is it that, you know, making that digital transformation suddenly becoming so much more interesting? What has changed in the last couple of years that was not there before? Yeah, so the biggest change that has happened is the infrastructure that is available to make that change. Uh, the uh, infrastructure which includes uh, hardware, software, and commoditizing of uh, these hardware and software. Uh, the power of computing has grown significantly. So you now have, uh, you know, even in your iPhone, the amount of computing power that is there is tremendous. And also, uh, I think uh, for uh, doing um, things like a task like computer visions, um, AI, deep learning, uh, you need a large amount of computing and also processing this data. You need large. So all that infrastructure is in place, number one. Number two is that uh, the data processing or data harnessing capability is uh, now exists. Uh, the networks have become very resilient and the bandwidth has also increased with uh, deployment of fiber and other uh, technologies. Even in mobile, uh, you do have... Uh, you know, 4G now and 5G is coming. So, uh, and the latencies have gone down. So you can uh, make decisions, you're able to make decisions in real time. So I think having these technology, uh, having the software associated with these technologies has, uh, and also these cloud providers, if you look, look at them, they offer a very uh, broad offering now these days. So if you look at Microsoft or Google or uh, Amazon, they have very, very broad. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, speech recognition, computer vision, I mean, deep learning. And now they're offering um, in a limited way quantum computing. So uh, I think I think the capabilities and infrastructure is now there and which was not there previously uh, years ago. And a lot of things were done manually. and. And the amount of effort required was much uh, higher compared to what we have now. Yes, no, those are really good points that you made. Now, you, you mentioned that networks have become resilient. Are you talking about that resiliency from a security perspective? Uh, I am talking about, uh, you know, uh, from a RAS, RAS perspective. So reliability, availability, serviceability, okay. and, uh, you know, Security is something, I mean, they have become more secure, but then what happens is security, uh, you know, there are always some holes. Uh, I have not seen anything that is uh, bulletproof, I call it, right? Uh, you know, uh, people do figure out how to uh, get into a network, but uh, I think if uh, with uh, some of the uh, AI algorithms, if you can predict ahead of time, that uh, you know, this are risk associated with the network, with your data, and uh, with your uh, storage uh, or with your infrastructure. I think you can prevent that from happening as much as possible. So that efficiency has gone up. I would say. Yes, yes, uh, that that is true. But at the same time, net networks are highly flawed. There is no, there has been no evolution or advances as far as you know, networks are concerned from the security perspective. Because if you see anybody can send you, you know, cyber missiles or all kind of cyber weapons, and there are no checkpoints. You know, as soon as it enters your country, there nobody checks it. As soon as soon as it hits your service provider, nobody checks that. You know, what kind of a data that's coming your way, you don't know until it reaches your inbox whether the data is an email or a cyber weapon or, you know, some kind of MP3, MP4 file. So our networks are highly, highly flawed. And that's the way we have been designed and no innovation has happened in that. So that is something that innovators need to work on. I am thinking about that, you know, very seriously, how to, you know, make some kind of uh, advances in that. But that is, networks are highly, highly flawed. The inner core of the whole cyberspace layers, all the 13, 14 layers that we see, the inner core is uh, highly flawed. You know, it has been very primitive. All the advances are happening on the edge, but that is a topic of separate discussion because security is a huge uh, mess right now. But uh, from the industries, you have been working. 
I, I was reading on your uh, LinkedIn profile that you work with automotive, telecom, industrial, energy, healthcare, and aerospace. So uh, what, what is a digital transformation success uh, based on for them? What, where, what do they mean you know, when you see all these industries? What direction the innovations are happening as far as transformation is going on that uh, would give us some idea where the industry trends are moving? Yeah, so areas where, you know, there are, um, you know, let's say danger to human being, uh, for example, oil exploration, right? They go offshore and they do exploration offshore. Now, if they are able to do that using uh, drone imaging and other uh, technologies, I think they're they're quite quite a bit ahead and they don't have to put their workforce in harm. And um, uh, I think there are areas such as that in case of utilities, uh, for example, you know, you have uh, still have nuclear power parts and you need to have uh, very uh, systematic shutdowns of these power plants. And, uh, you know, there um, you need to have uh, training and also uh, be able to simulate situations that doesn't happen every day. So, you know, I think that's one area. Uh, the other area is, I would say, that uh, digital transformation, uh, these industries want to adapt digital transformations is, uh, um, you know, in, um, in aircraft uh, manufacturing. In aircraft manufacturing, one thing I've seen is, uh, you know, you drill a hole in one wrong place, it completely, they have to scrap the whole thing. And that's a huge waste. And, um, you know, some of the places I've seen is it can be of the order of, uh, you know, 30 uh, percent waste. That's that's very significant for them. So I think efficiencies matter. Also, uh, the way work uh, these uh, folks are trained matter so that they are not, uh, you know, in harm's way. And uh, I, I believe uh, that's that's what I see going forward. I think that's the first step that people are taking. And now a lot of uh, also processes uh, are going digital also, so like sales processes, customer fulfillment, and uh, you know even uh, certain processes that you, we used to do manually, uh, for example, you know, um, a document uh, payment, uh, account tables, account receivables, invoicing, all that. You have this uh, robotic process automation, RPA, that people are using for uh, for these uh, manual tasks. Yes, yes, very true. No, and it looks like you know strategy is the key driver uh, as far as the digital transformation is happening. It's not the technology. So I was recently in news. I saw that Microsoft and Nokia they have announced a strategic collaboration to accelerate transformation and innovation across uh, industries with cloud and AI and IoTs. So which other companies are collaborating for digital transformation. Uh, do you have any uh, knowledge on that? Are the collaborations happening very widely or this is uh, more like, you know, one unique collaboration? No, I think they are happening widely. Uh, I mean, if you look at uh, some of the aerospace company, you know, like Boeing, for example, or uh, you look at Airbus, uh, I think, uh, and also other uh, industrial giants like Schlumberger or uh, ExxonMobil or, you know, uh, in energy and utilities industry, um, you know, they are uh, automotive manufacturers like uh, Ford and GM. Um, you know, you're moving to more towards uh, the future of, uh, you know, either hybrid or electric cars. So, uh, you know, there, uh, digital transformation helps significantly. And uh, that's what is happening in these even heavy industries and also, uh, folks who are, uh, you know, um, enabling these industries, for example, Siemens, uh, they are, uh, you know, very much in the middle of all this. And they are providing tools and technologies and software associated with this uh, digital transformation like IoT and uh, uh, IoT platforms and, uh, you know, digitization with their uh, product lifecycle management and, you know, uh, offerings like that. Yes. Well, do you see any successful solutions emerging from those collaborations? Uh, I, I do, uh, I, I, especially 
I do see it in uh, healthcare. Uh, previously, healthcare was very, um, I would say, well-guarded uh, system. And uh, I think uh, they are now, uh, you know, seeing the benefits of uh, using uh, uh, cloud technologies, uh, using some of the digitization, uh, uh, especially now, I think it's happening in wellness and uh, other areas, but also applying, uh, you know, certain symptoms and uh, uh, genomics and, uh, you know, uh, precision medicine uh, areas like that. I'm seeing more and more, uh, and I'm seeing some successes there uh, because they're able to, uh, you know, for example, uh, uh, using AI, you can predict uh, whether a patient will come back to the emergency room once they, they are discharged. So they can take additional precautions so that because, uh, you know, uh, because of that, you don't have to have uh, people returning to the emergency room. So things like that they're doing. Um, you can also, based on symptoms and analysis, what I've seen in certain hospitals, they're predicting that a person would have heart attack or not. So uh, I think uh, these prediction capabilities are getting better. Also, uh, the other areas that I see is, uh, I think, in, um, especially what I see is, uh, you know, uh, breast cancer is, uh, is an, I, I feel it, it is at epidemic level. And early detection is so important there. And I think I'm seeing technologies in imaging and AI that are being deployed and they're being used. And now they are able to uh, detect at 80 to 90% accuracy. No, those are really good advances. It would save a lot of lives. So no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, the history, yeah. Yes, very true. So the history of technological advance and the example before that, you know, the example that you gave about uh, machine learning for hospitalization and, uh, you know, re-hospitalization, that is also very widely used. I uh, interviewed, you know, a doctor, two neuroscientists from uh, UCLA, and we had a really good discussions that uh, we have really great advances and even for mental health there are a lot of all these things collectively are going to be very helpful very beneficial and not only saving lives but also uh, preventing a lot of uh, security risk for you know nations so those are really good advances happening now the history of technological advances that we see across nations, you know, across industries, across enterprises are scattered with examples of uh, uh, focusing or just, just, just focusing on technologies without investing in their respective organizational capabilities. And uh, that, you know, many a times make changes, uh, play a big role whether the uh, transformation, digital transformation initiative is going to succeed or not. Because if an organization is not mature in all the other areas, then the transformation effort that they are taking, transformation initiatives, they are going to face a lot of obstacles. So do you see that? Uh, in the, how do you see industries or other enterprises overcoming that those kind of you know specific challenges of their uh, organizational capabilities in tune so that we they can benefit from the uh, transformation of uh, digital transformation so i think uh, definitely i see there needs to be an organizational change now as far as uh, getting benefits from these digital technologies is i think there needs to be a business sponsor and uh, you know uh, uh, you know this if if this is not deployed within the business unit, uh, then I think uh, it, it's it's challenging because like you said, it stays in a, in a silo and it, it becomes an R&D exercise and, uh, you know, doesn't get uh, utilized as much. So it is extremely important. Uh, one of the things, uh, one of the public companies that I worked for, I was an executive there. The way R&D was funded was uh, that uh, uh, you know, 30% came from corporate uh, funding and 70% came funding came from business units. So that is very important because if business unit funds R&D, what happens is business unit takes interest in uh, the uh, progression in the programs that are being done by R&D. And there was also always a good handoff between what was happening between R&D and the business units. So I think it's very important uh, that uh, this happens. And in case of uh, the other thing that I see 
uh, needs to change is uh, I see that, uh, you know, some of the CIOs, uh, they report into CFOs. And I think that needs to change. Uh, CIOs need to report to CEOs because CIOs are the ones who are making these transformations. And that, that uh, you know, I think that initiative and the drive has to come from the top rather than uh, from a finance person. So that's what uh, I think uh, there needs to be. And also the other thing is, uh, if you look at it, uh, I think in some organizations, I see CMOs, that is chief marketing officer, works very closely uh, with uh, CIOs. And uh, some of the mar- marketing functions are, um, you know, uh, di- being digitized. And uh, I think uh, there I see a huge benefit in terms of, uh, you know, uh, getting the product right first time and uh, getting it to the market at the right time. Uh, time to volume is important. So those things are happening when you have these organizational synergies. Yes, very true, very true. Now, it seems that there is a profound uh, possibility and permanent shift in the relative balance of power among nations and its governments and industries and, uh, uh, you know, all the different components of a nation as the connected computers and as these, you know, the whole cyberspace and the emerging technologies uh, revolutionizes every aspect of society. So do you think that the in the level playing field industries will be able to compete and lay a new new foundation uh, for their consumers or for you know if, the, if it's governments for the citizens or if it's you know uh, businesses for their users do you see that everybody would be able to take advantage or do you see some major you know obstacles coming in their way apart from you know the digital ma- i mean apart from the organizational maturity and the what the challenges that you described you know what the roles and responsibilities and all those other barriers that come in the way and especially the digital fluency you know because a lot of decision makers are not digitally fluent but other than that if we look at things broadly do you see that everybody would be able to benefit from the transformative ability that all these emerging technologies bring today well, I, I believe so. Uh, let me just give you one example of uh, the issue with uh, water. You know, water is a very precious uh, resource, right? And uh, you need to deploy technologies which, uh, you know, conserves the usage of water uh, in agriculture, in uh, other areas. And uh, using digital and IoT and uh, other technologies, you can have appropriate mix of the soil. You can uh, water at certain time of the day. You can uh, control the amount of water that is used to give you the max uh, maximization in terms of crops and all that. And also, it should also give you as to how much resource you have. Uh, you know, when, when uh, innovation happens, when you are starved of resources, right? So if you are uh, starved of resources, water is the resource. And if you think of it as a resource, I think if if you think that, you know, I'm going to run out of water, I'm going to innovate around it. I'm going to figure out ways to, you know, uh, use less water. Same thing happened with, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, these fuels. Uh, You know, these fuels are uh, causing a lot of pollution and all that. We innovated and we came up with uh, electric cars. So I think, you know, it's it's uh, mother of invention is, uh, you know, need. If there is a need, innovation comes. Yes, very true. If there is a need, innovation comes because we, it's a matter of survival, right? We figure out how right. to survive because we have to survive. So you are absolutely right about that. So- yeah, there's a book recently that I read from Andrew McAfee from MIT, and he has shown history from 1800 that human we as humans have already always adopted you know at one point in time there was a concern in 1800s that with the population growth are we going to feed uh, that many people i mean we are i mean on an average we are able to feed that many people so what he is showing is you know uh, right now there is a you know there is a issue with climate change right and uh, i think i think with these digital technologies and help of uh, other uh, you know, uh, other uh, technologies that we are, uh, I think we will be able to survive and we will be able to conquer this climate change. And I believe 
that that is what uh, you know helps uh, you know because people see that climate change is causing a lot of havoc absolutely i i i have no doubt about that because there is so much brain power all across nations that you know if we know that uh, we are facing existential secure you know risk for a future of our humanity everybody is going to use their power and as you see i mean nanotechnology i'm already hearing you know a lot of advances happening where you can use nanotechnology to clean up the air water you know a lot of advances are happening so uh, we will be able to tackle the challenge that is uh, in front of us climate change or you know poverty or feeding you know uh, producing food enough for everybody there is no doubt about that what is you know a challenge is that whenever there is a new innovation like you know if you look at history there was a time that we will get one disruptive innovation and for entire century you know the countries will keep fighting about it you know to develop their supremacy now we are getting so many disruptive innovations it's happening every now and then and the digital you know uh, disruption that we are seeing right now Uh, rather than disorder not disruption digital disorder that we are seeing across nations is because of the uh, power you know that is all these technologies uh, provide each of these technologies from blockchain to ai to you know any iot's you know they all have such potential that it all the algorithms all all these nations they are trying to control the algorithms even including 5g that whoever controls the algorithm will they'll be able to control the data flowing on that and they will be able to get access to the intelligence and they will become more powerful and they will be have more economic and uh, uh, economic power and security power so these are the challenges that we are facing right now it's not about the technology itself it, but it's about who ha- gets more power because of the technology and that is why you know we are at a very vulnerable point right now uh, since the end of cold war where you know there is a huge uh, amount of uh, tension uh, across every country that if they are not able to lead in the emerging technologies that they will pick up whatever weapons uh, they have on their hand and uh, some kind of war you know will start uh, other than cyber warfare so there are there are a lot of risks coming over way and uh, it causes a lot of concern to lot of decision makers and even the common citizens across nations uh, that is the power of the technology but from your assessment what is it that one thing you would like to change as to how nations you know, strategize digital transformation and uh, they move forward you know what kind of innovations they should uh, uh, try to come up with so that you know it benefits society and so i think uh, what i see is even developing countries like india uh africa what they are doing is uh, the digital transformation is at the highest political levels so uh you know that is something that is uh, and when you have um you know things that are uh, you know being adopted at that level and Uh, it's being deployed at that level i think uh, uh, you know that is what needs to happen in other countries and other nations also and uh, you know like you said what happens is that initially when there is a disruption happening things are a bit uh, cloudy i would call it right uh, you know people don't understand it people but i think when it when uh, you know for example mobile mobile phone mobile phone was uh, you know i mean i i worked at bell labs and i was the one who also worked on uh, the mobile phone architecture it was a brick phone and but you know it was expensive it was uh, the plans were expensive but look at what is happening today i think to, to so that is that is so important that these things are uh you know it trickles down to common people today even common uh, person anywhere across the globe has a mo- has access to mobile phone and that has enabled you know a lot of uh, digital transformation in human beings too so that's what i would say i think it takes time but eventually i think if the uh, if uh, the highest level of uh, politicians start thinking about it start adopting it uh, i think uh, i think the change can be orderly and can benefit the society
Yes, that is the key that we want orderly change. And especially when we are seeing so many disruptive innovations, one after another, we need to make sure that we plan the future better so that everyone can benefit. And each of these advances are for the benefit of the humanity and not for the destruction of humanity. Because this cyberspace has, you know, constructive innovation or destructive innovation. So we have to make sure that the destructive innovations are not overpowering the constructive innovations and that in at the end of the day, everybody benefits and uh, we move forward as a, you know, collective, you know, one civilization, one human, human species and not as tribes as, you know, what we are seeing right now. You know, everybody is going back in tribal mode and everybody is looking at only their interest. So we have to think bigger and make sure that, you know, the entire human species is protected and that we all advance at the same time. So having said that, what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners, especially those young minds who are really keen on making a difference? I think, uh, you know, uh, definitely, and I hear that from uh, some of the uh, young people that I mentor also, I think what they see is, number one, is they see income equality as an issue. Um, you know, and then uh, they see that, uh, you know, climate change is, is an issue. Um, you know, so so I think given that, I think uh, if, if these technologies that they are developing, uh, you know, one, uh, one uh, student at Columbia University, uh, he is developing a blockchain technology that will enable each and every, uh, you know, common person to have access to that for their own, uh, you know, secure transaction. Today, I think we are exposed to uh, data and our data is being, uh, you know, used for various, uh, you know, uh, targeting and things like that. So I think having this uh, technology and each and every uh, younger mind, actually, to be honest, you know, what I see is when I go to college campuses, I see that they're uh, thinking about along those lines. And I think uh, if they start thinking about, uh, you know, they want to be in civil service, they want to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, contributing to overall good of the society. I think these—that's the type of thinking. Uh, and I think today we have this uh, tribal mode, but I believe it's temporary, and it'll go away. I think inherently we human beings are meant to work. I mean, look at uh, what uh, globalization has done to us. It has brought all of us together. Uh, distance is not an issue uh, today. And uh, we are able to connect with each other through internet or through even uh, physical, uh, you know, connection. So I think I think that is what I see. I'm I'm a positive person, so I see that uh, you know uh, eventually things will settle. I, I think we are going through some uh, uh, I would say uh, chaotic. Uh, you know, phase because we've had a very good uh, phase of globalization, and now we are going through, you know, a bit of reverse, uh, and I think people are becoming more, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, I see a point that uh, you know, globalization, there were advantages taken uh, by certain nations, and uh, I think that there needs to be a level playing field now. So I think that'll happen. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have to be optimistic for the future of the humanity. And uh, globalization, yes, it did bring a lot of benefits. But at the same time, see, planning and risk management goes hand in hand. So if you don't foresee the risk, you do, if you don't identify the risk that, you know, any of such initiative could face uh, as you, you know, long, go forward on that, then you are not prepared. You would not, you, the change management that needs to be part of that, that was never there. I mean, especially if you look at United States, so many industries moved to China and uh, we invested so much in China and then we gave them our technical know knowledge and know-how. And uh, now it happens such that, you know, a lot of, not only the industries moved from here, but the job losses also created that mindset that people started hating that whole world of, you know, globalization. There is so much anger about that. So if we had planned properly, then we could have prevented that those kind of reactions that would have, you know, not made the 
uh, United States citizens so angry about, you know, uh, the whole meaning of globalization. And at the same time, we created a very powerful enemy in China. So now they are, you know, we are they are competing with us. So a lot of these things, where you invest, how you invest, what you do. I mean, each country has to, while we all need to go collectively move forward, we also have to make sure that we are not... Uh, hurting our country and we are at the same time protecting our citizens our jobs so that you know that uh, backlash doesn't happen and right now what we are seeing is backlash against globalization which is very unfortunate because we all want globalization to go forward because at the end of the day we are all one human species and we all need to work together solve all of our problems i mean think about the potential if all the data of Everybody is in single individual from across nations, everything you know we have, then oh, we will have so much intelligence using data and analytics that we can solve pretty much any problem. But now we are seeing data silos, you know, every country is trying to protect their own data. So we will not have access to the entire global, you know, world's data. And that is very unfortunate because we we will miss out an opportunity to solve big problems facing humanity but that is where we are because uh, of how certain you know decisions we have taken in the past and there is uh, not much we can do except that we are very mindful about identifying the risk that will come our way irrespective of what technology transformation we are looking at or any other initiative we are working on having said that thank you so much Naresh, for participating on the today thank you enjoyed the uh, discussion Wonderful. So we appreciate your thoughtful insight on digital transformation. And even if a single decision maker can understand the trends in digital transformation based on the discussion we had today, this Risk Roundup Dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that. Thank you. Wonderful. So Risk Roundup, a global initiative launched by Risk Group, is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies, technology convergence and transformation happening across cyberspace, aquaspace, geospace and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security and peace, we all work together and peace to the management of conflict, risk management, related to management of security vulnerabilities, as well as management of conflict. It is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage existing and emerging risks together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup videos or hear the risk roundup podcast, policy.com and do not forget to subscribe. Next time I'm going to what's up risk roundup signing off. See you next time. Thank you.